It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And welcome, everybody, to episode 291 of the Ron and Brian podcast. It is Sunday, February 11th. Not just that. It is Super Bowl Sunday, with this being such an important day in the sports world and in the Ron and Brian world. Uh, We are actually, we're pre-recording this. We don't normally uh, do this. We love coming to you live, but because we want to catch the game this evening, um, we are pre-recording. And more importantly, we will be finding out, finally, after weeks, nay, months of, of back and forth, who Brian will be picking uh, with his Super Bowl bet to determine who the champion, who the 51% owner will be in the coming year. Lots of excitement, lots of happening. Wow, such anger from Janelle about my my stylish glasses. Um, but that's okay. No, but it's also you know, it's, it's also the baseball it. cap. Yeah, it's both. I get it it's now. Both. I get it now. I get Fucking it now. nailed it. Janelle just nailed it. She got you good. Can you just I'm do just this? Gonna, I'm just gonna. Oh, Indy! Oh, Indy! Wow! Well, that's just you took it to a bad place. You took it to no, a but ugly, isn't that what the place. kids? That's what the kids sounded like. No, I thought that's what now. the kids sounded like. The heart has just been Excuse torn me. straight out of me, Brian. Oh, Ron! How dare you? That's not funny. All right. Well, let's. uh, We got a lot of stuff, Brian. We got a lot of content to get to. Um, So let's just get into it right away and get it started with drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the Brian, week. Brian, what uh, what are you drinking this week? What are you lubricating yourself with today? Today is the Super Bowl. Today is America. Today is the the stars and stripes, and it's only appropriate that I drink a true American beer, not some hoity-toity IPA which has got coriander mixed with lemon rinds. Mm-mm. We're going traditional lager. And when I think traditional lager, I only think of one beer. And that is Yingling traditional lager. I know, Ron, you're going to sit there and say, that's a lager. No, this is a traditional lager, Ron. I'll tell you why. Because this is famous for its rich amber color and medium bodied flavor with roasted caramel malt for a subtle sweetness and a combination of cluster and cascade hops. This True American original delivers a well-balanced taste with very distinct character. Born from a recipe originally um, done by Yingling, but resurrected in 1987, Yingling traditional lager is a true American classic. Coming in at 4.5 ABV, coming in at 12 IBU. Beer Advocate scores at a 78. More importantly, it's $8.99 for a six-pack. This a solid price is yingling traditional lager take a sip i mean i have always been a fan of yingling uh oldest continuously operating brewery in the u uh in the u.s uh brian what what are you thinking 
Absolutely fucking delicious. I was shamed today early. I was with Mrs. Brian at the um, local liquor store, where in New Jersey, liquor stores is where you buy your beer. Okay. Makes sense. Right. Where I picked up a six-pack of of these nice little cans, at which point I decided, oh, six is not going to be enough for the day. I'm having two during the podcast. I need more than this. Picked up a second six-pack. Now I'm, I'm carrying 12 of these. She looks at me and goes, how many of those are you going to drink today? Being shamed. Right. Being shamed. And I'm not done with my drink of the week because I'm also going to include a little crown royal. That's right. It's football day. That means I'm drinking crown royal. So I'm also going to be doing a shot during this episode of crown royal whiskey. Mm-hmm. That is that's um, something. Yes. Ron, what are you drinking today? Um, so, Brian, uh, woke up a little under the weather today. Still managed to pull it together, as I often do to do this show. But I'm stick- staying away from the alcohol today. I went instead with a fresh brewed cup of Kitty Town Coffee. Uh, brought this to the show a while back. Every pound you buy supports local shelter cats, Brian. So I'm being a compassionate Ron today and uh, just having a little coffee. I'm going to let you have your coffee. How is it? Walk me through. What is the flavor profile of it's, that coffee? Uh, you know, it's, 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 I mean, I know I, I, according to you, I desecrated. I put a little, little half and half in there, a little sugar in there. Uh, but it's very smooth, very creamy, um, just very, uh, very tasty. And it'll be good. It'll be good. Oh, listen to this. Brian getting called out early, vilifying women at the beginning of the show. And that's true. Maybe maybe your woman is just looking out for you, Brian. Maybe she realizes that 12 cans of beer in a day might be harmful to uh, a man of your age. One day a year, I'm going to go hard. And that is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, you know me. I'm is about it just football. one day a year, though? Sorry, did I, did I hurt you? No. No, no, Ron. I can take a hit. I can take a hit. Today, I will be going hard. I've, I will be. Uh, what are you making? What are you having for uh, uh, a Super Bowl? What are you making yourself? I'm going to do some wings. I, uh, I've got them thawing in the sink right now, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be doing them in the air fryer because that's how I do. We'll be taking pictures of um, of what the wings look like inside your air fryer. Um, I can, if you're, if you're that interested, I mean, I'm a fan. How do you do your wings, Brian? I don't think I've ever made wings. Um, I've done like chicken tenders kind of thing, um, boneless, uh, but, um, I have never actually made wings off on the bone. All right. Well, I'll how do you make you. yours? Listen, if you're good, you're, you're coming after me, you're coming after the champ, coming in, right? Hot. Coming in hot champ. I got to show this off. This could be my last week holding this bad boy. All right, so uh, I take the wings, Brian. You gotta you gotta mix them with the neutral oil, like a canola or an avocado oil, something with a high smoke mm-hmm. point. We all know about my my love of oils here. And then I'll season them up with some. Uh, usually, I'll do some salt, pepper, uh, garlic powder, paprika, and then I throw those in the air fryer eight minutes. Flip them over eight more minutes. Then I uh, melt down some butter, mix in some Frank's Red Hot, uh, and just toss all that together. Very traditional preparation in my mind. But tasty. Very, very good. Frank's Red Hot is a seriously good buffalo sauce. It is. Like, I don't know. Uh, there are other there are other sauces out there. I don't know why mm-hmm. people purchase these sauces. Because Frank's yeah. just really just got it. Go right. to 
Yes. I knew somebody that used to just put that on like a condiment on sandwiches. I believe it. Just by the side, like they wouldn't even need a sauce. They would just like get like a, you know, a, a ham sandwich or a chicken cutlet and just put Frank's Red Tots on it. Mm, Although I will good. say I picked up this sauce mixture. It's gochujang and sriracha mixed together in a bottle. I might try a little bit of that on the wings too, because that's got a nice mm. sweet heat to it. Yeah, we'll, try, we'll see. We'll see. You are fancy. And more importantly, Ron, um, while you're eating these wings, are you timing it to eat at a specific time? Are you aiming to be eating at halftime? Do you want to sit down as the game starts with your plate of food in front of you? What are your thoughts? I think I kind of want to uh, have them ready for kickoff, you know, to have the main meal. And then, you know, maybe there's some snacks. Maybe there's some treat cheese and crackers uh, later on in the game. Um, you know, some spicy cashews, perhaps. We'll see what happens. Hmm. What about very, yourself, what's, uh, what's your meal of choice for the Super Bowl tonight? Well, I already did a charcuterie board, which yes. really consisted of boar's head, geno salami, a little soprasat, and some prosciutto. Um, had some cheese. Had, had a couple cheeses cut up. Mm-hmm. No crackers. Listen, cutting. I'm trying to be healthy today. No crackers. I don't need those carbs. Um, no. Already knocked out that. I will be, after this show, I will be opening up a bag of Tostitos scoops. I have a guacamole and I have a hot salsa that I will be um, uh, enjoying, the lady and I. We're going to be enjoying that as I prepare to start making my world-famous chili. I had a feeling. I had a feeling it was going to be the chili. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I make chili. It's kind of what I do. Mm. Yep. Mm. Mm. Now, as we speak Super Bowl, I believe it's only fitting, and I think we can talk about it now, no? Well, we still have a uh, beef of the week to get through. No. My beef All of right. the week is you, is you trying to control this show, <laughs> even though you are now you are still 49% owner. We should do All beef right. of the week. Fair enough. All right. You want to do beef of the week, champion? Let's do beef of the week. and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? You know, this morning I woke up thinking about this show and I could not think of a beef. Okay. I sat there and said, you know, I've had a pretty decent week. Work has gone well. You know, um, I've not gotten any tickets for... um, going on public transportation without properly paying for it. Um, I I can't come up with anything. Nothing really bad has happened to me this week. And then something happened this morning um, when the lady and I went over to our gym inside of the, um, uh, our little uh, residence center. Won't go that far. Um, But there's a gym and right next to the gym, there is a kind of like community room. There are some lounge chairs, there's a couple couches, there's a pool table. So I was doing a couple of machines. Um, the lady had finished her workout and said, um, how much longer are you going to be? And I was like, oh, it's going to be like another five minutes. Um, and um, she said, uh, okay, you know what? I'm going to wait for you next door. So I was like, okay, cool. So um, so we went, uh, so I finished my workout. I went over and um, to go meet her, she was in the room next door. And she said to me, hey, do you want to play a game of pool? I said, yes, let's play a game of pool. 
And then as we were, you know, getting ready to play a game of pool, two people walked in and sat down next to us and, um, or two chairs off to the side. Okay. And, sorry. Um, so these two women sit down and it turns out that this is like a therapy session in a public room. So this, so, so this one woman, clearly the therapist, one woman, I, I couldn't tell how old she was. Um, I would say early twenties, late teens kind of deal um, are clearly having a therapy session in a public space inside of our, um, uh, 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 I don't know what you call it, residence center. So here we are, the lady and I are shooting pool and these two people are talking. Now I'm not violating any HIPAA requirements because I don't, um, I, I have no uh, 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 allegiance or loyalty or signed any paper. Literally, this one woman is sitting there being like, you know, I, I, I really wanted a psychiatric hold this week because rec center, that's the phrase I was going for, rec center. We'll call it a rec center. Um, nobody gets out of the rec center. We're going to lock it down. Um, so these two women are talking. And we're, you know, I'm eavesdropping a little bit because it's kind of what I do. And this woman's like, oh, I really wanted a psychiatric hold this week because the intrusive thoughts were taking over. Now, I'm not judging people who go to therapy and I'm not judging people who, who care about their mental health. What I am judging is, 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 is deciding to hold a therapy session in a public space. Now, there are other areas within our rec center area that you could have gone off and chosen that that's what private areas. There's, there's a business center where they have individual cubicles. There's a conference room. They could have gone over there. But instead, they decided to walk into a room where my lady and I were shooting a game pool. Next thing you know. I'm hearing about this woman's psychiatric problems. That's not my shit. I don't need to hear about it. That's private. It should be done in a private area. That's my beef of the week. If you don't okay. like it, come after me. No, I think it's, you know, I think it's very, uh, it's very on brand. Um, you're wanting to control what women can do with their bodies, whether it's, you know, no. being, be present. You want women to be silent. I get that too. Um, I, I I agree with Janelle. I was not exactly sure what the age matters. I, I noticed when you talk about men in your beefs of the week, uh, the age of the of the men don't seem to matter, but the age of women seem to. But no, uh, listen, it's a it's a per perfectly on brand beef of the week for you, sir. So congrats. Um. Okay, Ron, what's bothering you? Because I'm getting um, roasted in the comments. I'm getting roasted <laughs> in the comments. I'm sure. I'm sure you are. Um, so for me, uh, are for you familiar me, with uh, are you familiar with what rudders is? R u t t e r s. No, I remember so fud rudders. So rudders is a it's a gas stop um, uh, food place. Think of like it's like a Sheets or a Wawa. It's, it's basically the same concept. So there's a rudders I, that. Uh, I pass by, you know, coming back from state college to home every time. And we have we stop there. It's you know, your way to get gas to make it through the rest of the trip. Um, yes. Uh, great chocolate milk. Good call there, Joe. And we've gotten lunch items, dinner items there. And the food, fantastic from Rudders. Lunch and dinner, lunch and dinner. Today was the first day that I was there early enough to be like, I really want to get breakfast. Breakfast, Brian, straight ass. 
I got a bacon, really? egg and cheese on a plain bagel. Uh, the bacon was just that, you know, uh, buy pre-made bacon and microwave it, that kind of bacon. Cheese wasn't even melted. Um, uh, who does the English muffins there? Thomas, a Thomas bagel, not even fresh sure. bagel. Just ass. And I feel tricked because if you get if you get like chicken sandwiches or you get chicken tenders for lunch, fantastic. The breakfast, I was just very disappointed in. Just kind of ruined my morning, Brian. And and horrible coffee, oh. too. And horrible. No, listen. The whole thing about those places is that um, they, you, they, they're known for their good coffee. Uh, I mean, normally Wawa coffee, very good. Sheets, like, you know, uh, actually brews it uh, to, to order uh, in, in some of their places. So um, good stuff. So, but not their uh, breakfast. Philly's never heard of Rudders. Is it more Wawa or Seven? I say it's more sheets actually, because it's it's a glorious just any kind of food you want, snack food. Uh, the beverage center is amazing. The alcohol you can get there fairly impressive. I mean, it's impressive whenever a gas station in Pennsylvania has a liquor license, which is very rare. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can buy like some tall boys and then uh, get behind your eighteen wheeler and uh, run a family of four off the road. I, I'm always impressed by that. Look at this. This can is about the size of my head. It's a good size. That's what the lady says. So apparently the rudders I go to it might be a super rudders because it's it's like an interchange of all like the major interstates right in central PA there. So maybe that's why that's it's better than a than a usual rudders. Rudders, most rudders are 7-Eleven. All right. Well, then maybe I shouldn't be yep. surprised with uh, the quality of the food. Okay. Well, I think, you know, what's the lesson here? Uh, the lesson here, go with what you know, Brian. Go with what you know. Were you near a Sheets or a Wawa or no? I was near a Sheets, but the Sheets is on the other side of the highway. So I tend to stop at the rudder. So I'm not, you know, taking my life into my hands, crossing over and then crossing back. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Listen, it. at the end of the yeah. day, Ron, we, we need you to be healthy. We need. We cannot have you getting hit by a car. No, no. It needs to be. I need to be here. I need to be running things. Um, Brian, uh, again, ton of stuff. Let's get to our stories of the week, and then maybe we get to uh, get to all the sports we have lined up here. Um, as longtime listeners know, we we like to pull some uh, some different uh, stories that we want to make sure we don't get passed on. And Brian, what are you bringing to the show this week for your story of the week? I am bringing an update on a story that we Ooh. did, I would say, maybe six months ago. I think, do you have a photo of Brianna Kingsley? I believe I do. Okay. Brianna Kingsley, the woman on the right, I'm pretty sure. Not positive, but it's the the photo the New York Post when they were attributing this photo did not state whether it was Brianna on the right or left. And I'm not looking to piss anyone off. I know I've already pissed off Ali. We know that's already the case, but I'm not I'm taking a step back because I don't want to piss anyone else off. But we did this story, I would say, about six months ago. There was a lawsuit that was going through the Michigan legal system. Um, a transgendered woman was suing her ex-boyfriend for discarding her surgically removed testicles. Um, 
She was suing because oh, William Wojciechowski. God damn it! I'm gonna I'm gonna take flack for mispronunciation that last name. William Wojciechowicz wasn't that the Barney Miller Wojciechowicz? <laughs> Wojciechowicz, Sergeant Wojciechowicz. I was close. Yeah. So this is her, so Brianna, who's forty, filed a so, a small claims petition against her ex, William Wojciechowski, who's only thirty seven. You know, Ron, I like it. You know, I'm always proud when a when an older woman dates a younger man. You know, I'm a big fan of that dynamic. Anywho, so she was suing him because she claimed that she still retained the legal right to possession of her surgically extracted testicles that were preserved in a mason jar that was kept in the refrigerator next to the eggs. Apparently, she was demanding the immediate return of her human remains specimen and she was demanding $6,500 in damages because William was refusing to return them. When um, when they originally went for their um, initial court case, um, William claimed that he had tossed them out in the garbage when they had broken up, claiming that he had been humiliated by coverage of the case um, between the two of them. Well, apparently this judge had just recently announced that um, she was throwing the, court, the 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 claim out of court. Brianna Kingsley not only does not get her testicles back, but she does not get the 6,500. So apparently, and I think this is setting legal precedent in the state of Michigan, is that when a couple breaks up and goes their separate ways, if you have any of your body parts that you've been storing in your refrigerator, make sure you take them with you. Otherwise, you are abandoning any future claim to them. Hmm. Interesting, Ron. Where are your testicles kept? Are you do you keep does Mrs. Ron keep them in a jar, or does she let you hold on to them? You know they're uh, they're in a safety deposit box. Um, I have willed them to you. Uh, I know you have asked for them, so uh, upon my passing, um, that that will be what I leave for you. You can fashion them into some earrings for yourself, uh, a necklace, perhaps whatever you prefer. I've already said that I want to put them on a necklace. <laughs> All right. Well, then you you do you, my friend. Here we go. Janelle already saying that this was meant to be after dark. I disagree with that. I don't think so. I mean, so. it's, you it's know, we, we had the original story in, in the main podcast. So every now and then we bring uh, testicle derived content to the main podcast. Today's one of those days. Just shows you how special Super Bowl Sunday is. Ron. Yes. Ron. Yes, sir. What's your story of the week? Um, so this has been a roller coaster of a story, Brian, uh, that I have followed. Uh, I have followed for all week because, you know, I got that kind of time. Uh, this is Richard Plowd. Um, I know right off the bat, Brian, you are not going to like him because he is a Frenchman. And we all know about your feelings about the French. Uh, but <laughs> he has he has spent the last eight years painstakingly piecing together 706,900 matchsticks to make a 23.6 foot model of the Eiffel Tower, easily beating the existing record by two feet. However, he received word last week from Guinness Book of Records that he used the wrong type of matchsticks to qualify for a record because they weren't commercially available. Um, heartbreaking. I can imagine. Um, and thankfully, he got this out into, into the media uh, because social media got behind this man, Brian. And thankfully, his matchstick dreams have been rekindled. Later on Friday, 
uh, the Guinness Book of World Records said that it has changed its mind and considers his attempt valid and within the rules. Um, Brian, do you think they should have kowtowed to peer pressure like this? Does it besmirch um, the the uh, the world record? I think, in all honesty, if we're going to have a conversation about the people at Guinness, um, it's got to be an honest conversation. That um, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, when you heard that uh, somebody had a Guinness World Record, it was seen as they were some type of like the World Court, the Hague the United Nations, like this was an organization that was truly establishing um, uh, world standards. And I think over the past few years, it has, you know, come out, leaked out, however you want to look at it, that Guinness will pretty much issue a world record so long as you pay some somebody from the Guinness organization yeah. to show up and watch you do whatever it is that you claim you are doing for a category that nobody else has done the same or better than, you know, so if you say, Oh, I'm the fattest person, they'll bring you out and they'll just compare you to whoever they weighed earlier. But if you sit there and say, Oh, I'm building the Eiffel tower as big as, you know, bigger than anyone else. And Matt's like, they'll, if you, if you pay them, they'll show up and, and, and certify it and give you the world record. It's not right. difficult. You know, um, it's it's they're, they're not the organization in terms of, of having the integrity that I grew up looking at. Well, and I agree with you there. It's uh, the, I we could Google weirdest uh, world uh, records out there, but there's there's a ton of, of weird ones out there. And to, to say, oh, you know what? That 24 foot model you built out of just matchsticks for the last eight years. Yeah. Eh. Not uh, not uh, not quite up to snuff. Yeah, not proud now, of it. Why now this there... was this was a, a close one also that I was going to bring up for a story of the week, uh, but I do want to make sure we get this in here too. Um, so we're going down to Texas, Brian, uh, one of our favorite states in the union, um, and a matter involving uh, former husband and wife uh, Mason Herring and Catherine Herring. Um, Mason, he is a 39-year-old attorney in Texas. He is going to spend a little less than six months behind bars after admitting to sneaking abortion-inducing drugs into his soon-to-be ex-wife's beverages for weeks after learning about her pregnancy. Um, this actually really? took place a couple of years ago. Um, he was uh, he was caught. He was arrested. He had previously pled guilty to one count of assault of a pregnant person and one count of injury to a child under age 15. Um, in exchange for his plea, prosecutors dismissed one count of assault, forcing an individual uh, to have an abortion. Um, the wife, uh, the victim, uh, really uh, <laughs> appeared at her husband's sentencing and said that she did not feel. Uh, 180 days is justice for attempting to kill your child seven separate times. Um, the court, uh, it caused her to give birth to their daughter 10 weeks premature. Uh, the child spent months eating through a feeding tube and uh, that uh, the child will have a number of uh, health conditions throughout its life because of this. 
Um, what is also interesting, again, he is serving 180 days in jail minus time served an additional 10 years of probation. What is, uh, I guess, maybe a little hypocritical about this being in Texas is that if Catherine had gone and gotten an abortion herself within the state of Texas, she would have been facing murder charges and multiple years in prison. Yet this guy can slip uh, drugs into her drink uh, against her will. Six months. Apparently, Allie can make problematic statements and just get away with it because no one's going to call her out because she's perfect, apparently. Um, so wait a second. So it's against the law to give a woman a plan B pill without telling her? Yeah. You sound surprised. You sound surprised by this. I, I, uh, okay. I did not know that that was illegal. I thought, um, okay. It's a good point Sorry, from Allie. Uh, you know, I think, te I think Texas does reward people who try to turn in for people who try to have an abortion. So where is this woman sent thousand dollars? It's not Maybe going that's to not considered an abortion. Grid, no, fuck Texas. God, you know, I love the people in Texas who are saying that they want to uh, secede from the union. And it's like, oh, God, yes, please. We would love that. Please secede. We would love that. Please. So much more federal money could go to other states. Oh, um, oh my goodness. Yes. So, Brian, uh, lots of sports this weekend. Um, we have mentioned the Super Bowl, but it is also apparently uh, the Waste Management Open uh, is a golf tournament taking place this weekend. I, you know, I tend not to follow golf too much. Um, I find golf to be a bit of an elitist sport, uh, followed primarily by individuals um, who live in, you know, lofty towers on the Hudson River. Um, but Brian. Uh, apparently this waste management open has turned into a, a bit of a nightmare. Apparently it's always been a bit of a rowdy crowd in, in reading up on it. There is apparently a par three 16th hole where the crowd gets a little rowdy. Uh, the, the, the players usually feed into it. So it's, I guess the fun hole of the Washington management open. Uh, but apparently yesterday it got to a point where there were so many people there and so many drunk people there that they actually shut down alcohol sales across the entire tournament. Apparently there was like a half million people at the open at this point and they, uh, they shut it down um, and they stopped admitting fans around two o'clock. Um, one golfer, uh, South Korean born golfer, Byung Hun An uh, posted on Saturday, quote, shit shows totally out of control on every hole. Uh, if you look on Twitter, if you look on TikTok, there are photos of people fighting. There are photos of people pulling. There was a rain delay. They were pulling tarps off of some of the uh, uh, some of the grass area and going shirtless and sliding down the hills. Uh, there was a video of a guy who uh, ran across one of the fairways and did a did a half flip into one of the bunkers uh, on the 16th hole. They had a beer cup snake that was like, I don't know three, four, 500 cups high. And then I think one of the, one of the videos that got circulated the most uh, was a gentleman just sitting on a chair, clearly inebriated and just pissing himself. Like to the point where, this guy? Was, uh, not this guy. I, I, okay. I, uh, I didn't have a chance to pull the video, but literally just sitting in a chair, pissing himself so much that it was just literally dripping out the bottom of his shorts. And people were just kind of, and people getting carried out, firemen's carried out there. So, um, the uh, the round was actually called off after nine holes. 
because of the weather. So they're going to play 27 holes today. It'll be an extended Sunday. I don't know if they'll be selling alcohol or not, but it, it, thoughts on this, Brian? You are a man who uh, you you have always uh, you you were more of a fan of golf when it was primarily white males playing it, but you still kind of love the sport. No, Tell me about I hate your golf. thoughts on on the waste management open. I actually was have a different take, and I don't know if this is going to be less or more problematic. Um, <laughs> when you the fact know, that you have to back, question it makes me think it's going to be more. But please, let's just see where it goes. let's see where this one goes. I, I know where I'm going with it. I just don't know where we're going to end up. So, right. like thirty years ago, golf was really a gentleman's sport. It was, you know, uh, very. Well, it was uh, a white gentleman's white. sport. If you if you want to just clarify that. Oh, completely. You know, and 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 that's where I, I I'm kind of, you know, if you if you follow me as we go on this meandering journey, um, it's it used you know it was the sport of Jack Nicholas, um, Jack Nicholson, um, Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer. We'll go from there. But it Fuzzy was Zeller. just you. You had to be on your best behavior. You know, you weren't allowed to clap at certain times. You had to keep quiet at certain times. And that was the sport. And it did not get a lot of um, mass interest. Let's put it this way. But it certainly has had a renaissance over the past, I would say, maybe six years. Would you you agree with me on that? Golf has really kind of, uh, you know, claimed a fan base amongst the 20 somethings it has, all it has definitely uh, it has definitely done a good job of approach of uh, attracting a younger demographic to attending okay. and watching on TV yes and what i think is going on here in terms of the world of golf is the fact that you have got the racist white male demographic to sit there and say here is a sport that we still dominate so let's go out and support it. Um, you know, the white people are no longer the majority in basketball, football, baseball, still hockey, so that my argument kind of doesn't carry a lot of weight on that front. But, you know, but but golf, I feel like golf has really, you know, you know, since Trump became president and, and had his rise, golf really seems during, you know, kind of in terms of overlapping timeframes, that really has kind of overlapped in terms of the rise of golf and the rise of Trump. Um, even though I know he hasn't, you know, um, really made any connections, but it's it's the same fan base at this point. Right. Um, you know, the Venn whereas, diagram you know, is very close to a solid circle, is what you're saying. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there are still cultured, well-behaved people in their fifties who are, you know, following golf. But you look at the behavior you're talking about now. Um, you know, you know, at this uh, uh, golf tournament that took place over the weekend, um, and it, it's it's the kind of behavior you would expect from you know the Donald Trump MAGA fans from like a NASCAR event is basically the is similar. Yeah, crap. yeah, that's my take on it. It's a trash sport now, and it didn't used to be. I I found it boring. I am Matt. Have you ever golfed? I've, I've golfed a couple of times, you know, because people say, hey, come golfing. And it's it's a difficult sport. I will say I'm a horrible golfer. Um, but uh, some people like it. You know, it's it's what was the old expression? It's a good walk ruined. It's a good way to spend three or four hours drinking on an afternoon. 
Yeah, I think that it's a great way to set You know, I compare it to, to going to a baseball game in the sense of like, I imagine if you're sitting there with three really good friends of yours, it's a great way to spend some hours, you know, um, hanging out with each other, conversating, having a right. couple beverages, a good way to spend the day. But, um, you know, I, I just, it, it's, I, I find it a terrible spectator sport, um, like soccer. Um, however, it's just, hey, you know, I, I, if other people enjoy something, who am I to shit on it? There you go. Uh, speaking of soccer, Brian, uh, World Cup coming to, to your neighborhood as uh, matches announced to take place in East Rutherford, New Jersey in 2026. Mm-hmm. How do you feel the world will respond uh, to coming and experiencing uh, North Jersey in person? Ron, if you are going to, to to discuss Northeast New Jersey and the World Cup, please at least do it properly. Do it correctly. We're not getting matches. We are getting the final game of the World Cup in 2026. Yes. Woo, I guessed it. That's right. North America got the World Cup in 2026. So there are going to be games played all throughout the United States. There will be games played in Canada. There will be games played in Mexico. However, FIFA, the world soccer governing body, sat there and said, of all the places within these three countries, where should the final game be played? Where should the penultimate challenge be located? They looked to the West. They looked to the North. They looked to the South. But where did they finally look? To the East. And they saw the confines of the Meadowlands, the great East Rutherford, New Jersey. They said, listen, where does Brian live? Where did Brian recently move to? Should we bring it to (laughs) City Field so that it stays in Queens? And then there was like, no, 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 no. Brian no longer lives in Queens. Brian is no longer near City Field. Brian is now in Northeast New Jersey. What is there? Is there a location near Northeast New Jersey where we can properly, you know, welcome Brian as he moves forward on the plane of life? Yes. There is a 80,000 seater just 20 minutes to the west of me right now as we speak. The MetLife Stadium which I don't really like. I don't, I don't know. I've only, I've been there a couple times, not a huge fan of it. Um, but for a stadium for play football, great. Right. So that is where they, the, the entire world is going to wake up on a Sunday and they are going to, all eyes will be in the, in East Rutherford, New Jersey, um, not in Dumont, New Jersey, East Rutherford, New Jersey. That's where the world is going to care. That is what the world will be looking at. And when, and, and when you think about it, the amount of travel dollars, I just love right. the visual of all these European soccer fans coming to stay at expensive hotels throughout New York City. They'll be staying in Manhattan and then they're like they're going to go online. They're going to be like, oh, public transportation to the Meadowlands is super easy. You'll be able to get on a New Jersey transit train in Penn Station, take it to Secaucus. You'll then be able to walk to another train, transfer for a train that will take you directly to MetLife Stadium. I mean, 
they're going to have so much accessible trains there. I mean, there won't be any long lines. People will immediately understand that where they need to go, how to transfer, where to scan your ticket when you're going from one train to the other in Secaucus, because that's somehow a thing to do. Ugh. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be fucking glorious. As as you learn wow. from your uh, your receiving a ticket experience the other week, uh, the uh, the transit authority so kind to natives. I can't even imagine uh, what it'll be oh, like. Also, have you? Uh, so you're only twenty minutes now. We have six games here in Philadelphia, um, culminating in uh, the final game, one of the finals or semifinals, I think, taking place on July fourth. Um, they're saying that each one of these games represents a total of 26,000 hotel nights, um, needed for people that are coming to watch. So that being said, and knowing how tough it is to get hotels in New York city and, and the surrounding areas in general, have you thought about Airbnb in your place during the world cup to make a few dollars? No, but I am, I, I'm comfortable extending an invitation to you and Mrs. Ron to come stay in our lovely second bedroom. If you guys do decide to come up, maybe the four of us go to the World Cup final. I'm sure tickets won't be expensive. No, not at all. And as you just said, uh, it'll be very easy for us to get to, to MetLife. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, listen, you can bring your car. We can just drive over there. I mean, I think oh, yeah. I read once somebody somebody had a bad experience getting out of the MetLife Stadium parking lot. It took them, you know, more than forty five minutes, and they were complaining online. But I'm sure that was an outlier. It wouldn't. There's no way it would take people multiple hours of sitting in a parking lot trying to get out of it at the same time. Because you know, it's. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people leaving early, um, like <laughs> a, a Jets game. <sighs> this is this is going to be rough. Did I did I ever tell you my story of, of driving to the Meadowlands? Mm. All right, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump back in time now to 1989. I believe we'd only been doing the Ron and Brian show for about seven years at that point, point. Um, and mm. that was if you remember Brian in a row 19, in a row in a row. 1989 was the first um, reunion tour for the Who, or it was their first retirement tour? Excuse me, it was sure. the very first okay. time. They said that they were going to retire. And so this guy, I'm drawing a blank in his name, Paul, that I went to high school with, forgetting his last name. Um, he was a big Who fan. No, I don't believe so. But we were both huge Who fans. And so we were like, let's get tickets. And so we managed to get tickets to the Meadowland show because that was initially supposed to be the first show on the tour. They then added a practice show at Glens Falls Civic Center, which I also went to. That's a whole other story. So well, I bet, we get hold on. I bet that was a fun show. That was a great show. That was fantastic. Small, small venue. venue. Yeah. It's a small so, venue. I saw so the Rage tickets, Against the Machine and Cypress Hill there. I'm just going to talk over you. because uh, yeah, I'm used to it. Don't worry. Um, so we get two tickets. The only two tickets we could get were upper level 50-yard line. However, I was on one side of the stadium. His ticket was on the exact opposite side of the stadium. So we're like... Just like you would say, let's drive to the Meadowlands because how tough can it be to get from upstate New York to the Meadowlands? So we drive down there, ton of construction. Hard to believe in New Jersey in the 80s, a ton of construction. So I guess at that point, they also used to do some sort of like, I don't want to say NASCAR race, but like Formula One race around the Meadowlands where they had like put down like a uh, an actual track around this. the Meadowlands. 
somehow in attempting to find the parking lot to go to the Who concert, I end up on this racetrack in my my shitty 84 Olds Impala or whatever I was driving. All of a sudden, and I'm just like, all we know is we know we're not anywhere we're supposed to be. Like, we're literally driving and... He's like, where are we? I'm like, I've got no idea whatsoever. So thankfully, security pulls up behind us. How many lap? How many laps did you do? Like, were you waving a black and white checkered flag was, as you were doing? It was less. It was less than a lap. That's how quick security was on us. I would say we did a good half a lap, and the security pulls us over, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "We're trying to go to the concert. We literally have no idea where we need to go." So thankfully, um, he didn't. Well, and again, we were white males, so he didn't beat us with clubs or taser us. He actually got in front of us and drove us to where we needed to get to the uh, to the parking lot. Really? Yes. So we went in and we parked. You know, again, pre gaming. Um, you know, that was back. You know, may have been a little weed involved at the time. Can't comment sure. on that. Although I do remember, and again, these folks were probably the same age that we are now. Like, came over to the car and was like. You guys have any doobies you want to sell? And we're me, you know, we're kids. We're like, get out of here, old people. What are you talking about? There's there's no weed in this car. Sure. And went and went and saw. They were a great probably concert. narcs. They were probably cops. They looked they looked narc like. So yeah. So and that was the uh, that was my first and last time um, ever going to the Meadowlands. You so that's the only time you've been there. It's the only time I've been there. Yes. But you have games in Philly. For the World Cup, yeah, we have we have a total of six games between mid June and and July fourth. I I say let's try and go to one of those games. All right, I'm up for it. I think that well, would yeah, be kind we'll, of fun. It'll probably be easier to get one of the earlier games. We'll see. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lottery for the tickets, but uh, but we'll see. I think we I'm should at least it. try for because to be brutally honest, I would be much happier watching the final at home. Um, yeah, I don't need that. to be go to go through the experience of you know dealing with like eighty thousand people trying to get to the same stadium or not. But like, if there's a game down in Philly, I think it'd be a great trip. You know, Mrs. Brian and I could come down, and the four of us could go see a game. Um, I mean, are you sure you want to bring my wife along? Because she'll probably want to leave about twelve minutes in. She'll be like, "All right, I've seen enough soccer." If we can get Marty Jardy. Star of the recent um, Ron yeah. and Brian uh, podcast uh, championship debate. Let's first off time out. We do have to yeah. talk about the debate before um, before this episode ends. But if we can get Marty Jardy to distract Mrs. Ron during the during the game, I think we're right. good for the ninety for, for for ninety minutes of game time. Good call. Good call. Well, I'm I'm, I'm making a note of that right now. But yes, uh, to go. Ole, 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 ole. <laughs> But going back to last week's championship debate, I, I mean, the, the new star of the podcast world yeah. um, is a friend of the podcast, Marty Jardy. Uh, yes. Solid moderating skills. Uh, she Amazing. had the, the custom-made moderator T-shirt. She had the custom-made sure. background. She had uh, framed photos that she used throughout the presentation. Um, knocked it out of the park. Uh, for yes. a while there, um, Twitter had the hashtag power thruple uh, trending after uh, the performance that uh, she put on. It kept you in line. I, I mean, And I couldn't help but notice you were more than just a little bit turned on by that. 
Well, the thing was, I mean, and I'm just being completely honest here. This is something I would normally have said during After Dark was like, I went into the podcast with notes. I had typed up notes of things that I was going to say, ways that I was going to point out why I was a better champion of the podcast than you. And I did not get to, I'm going to say 14 of the 15 bullets that I had typed out because her questions were such that they put me in on tilt, I believe is the phrase they use in the poker rooms. I'm sitting there having to answer how I'm keeping Paisley's memory alive. Paisley, not just star of the Bailey home, but also the star of our podcast. She loved Paisley. I'm defending her. Oh my goodness. I had no idea what, what I, I, I was playing catch up the entire debate. Um, and I give Marty Jardy, uh, all, all, all amounts of respect for doing that. I think a lot of people would agree. One of the most frustrating, uh, things of any debate is, you know, when, when a moderator asks a question and then the answer given doesn't relate to the question, it's just relating to the, whatever talking points that individual wants to give. And to your point, uh, she held our feet to the fire, did not allow a lot of shenanigans, uh, did not allow, uh, any of the famous Brian tangents. Um, I mean, nope. she ran, she ran a tight ship. Nope. I think, I think we nope. have our, for any future debate, I think we've got our moderator for life. I saw a lot of comments in the YouTube last week of people saying that they wanted to see more of Marty throughout the year, not just once a year moderating their debates. I don't know what your thoughts are. I think that is definitely going to be something that the next champion of the podcast needs to address. But maybe we should see more of Marty Jardy on the podcast. Maybe, and I know Ali doesn't want to hear this, but maybe I, I'm going to take a stance that we should have more of a female voice on this show. I don't know. All right. All right. Well, without any further ado, Brian, let's talk Super Bowl. Um, again, we are pre-recording this. As people are watching this, they'll probably have a little split screen of the Super Bowl. And us, uh, it'll probably be right around the time that Usher is uh, doing his halftime performance, probably. Um, yeah. Sorry. So – have you, Brian, have you made a decision? We've we've been going back and forth. We've got a ton of wagering um, going on sure. Uh, sure. on this game. Um, a lot of prop bets, a lot of straight-up bets. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard this is going to be the highest wagered Super Bowl in history. $23.1 billion have been wagered through legal sports books. Can't even imagine what the off-the-books type stuff is. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But there is only one bet, Brian. That really matters in this Super Bowl. And it is the Super Bowl bet that decides who keeps that belt, who is the 51% owner for the coming year, who gets to call themselves champion. Brian, you've had a lot of time to think about it. I will say, uh, last year, I made my pick on the show uh, the week before the Super Bowl. I, I, you know, I manned up and I did it. Um, you did not have that much faith in yourself, so you wanted to put this off as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you made a decision as to what the bet would be? Let's see if the line has moved any um, since we last checked on it. Hold on, I'm just pulling it up here. So the line is, on my the line is still 
Niners minus one and a half. So very close. I mean, pretty much uh, almost an even money type proposition. Have you made up your mind, Brian? I have decided. Okay. (sighs) Hold on a second. I need to have some water. I need to have some water. I understand. It's it's a very important decision for your future. Oh, I'm sweating. Breathe. If you're not watching the YouTube, you would you would. Mm. Okay. Ryan is glistening. He's sweating so much. One year ago today, give or take, um, we sat here on this podcast. Ron, you were champion. I was not. You had 51% ownership of this podcast. I had 49. I sat there and said, how are we going to determine who decides the Super Bowl bet to decide the future champion of the podcast? I sat there and I laid out several different scenarios. You did not want to hear any of them. You sat there and said, Shut up, fucker. I'm the champion. I make the rules here. Okay. All right. You know, I knew my place. I was 49% owner. You sat there and said, I make the pick. I'm the champion. I make the pick. That's how I run my ship. Okay. So you made your pick and you lost. And a year has gone by. I believe over the past 52 weeks, I have shown this world that I am not that type of champion. I am not a champion that does not hear other voices. I am not the champion that sits there and says, this is what I want. And I impose it on everyone against their will. So as the reigning champion of this podcast, I'm going to do something different this year, Ron. I'm going to sit there and as champion, because I know that I am for the people, I am magnanimous. I am generous. I do care. Ron, I'm going to do something that you didn't have the courage to do. I'm going to let you make the pick. I'm going to let you look at the odds and I'm going to let you make the pick. Why? Because I trust that the heavens will look down upon me and say that whomever it is that my team is, that will be the victor of the Super Bowl. So, Ron, I look to you in your lily white suburban northeast (laughs) Pennsylvania Outside of Philadelphia home. Not Northeast Pennsylvania. But it's Northeast Philadelphia, no? Well, it's Northeast Northeast Philadelphia and Northeast Pennsylvania are two very different locations. I don't know if you know how, state works, how states work, but. Not to insult the people of Pennsylvania, but I kind of mush it all into the same thing. Rod, <laughs> I'm going to let you make the pick. Who do you want for the Super Bowl? Well, you know, Brian, it's the one the one wager I haven't really placed yet is on the on the outcome of the game itself. I've done a lot of player props. I've done a lot of over unders. Um, Sure. You know, it is in in looking at 
Patrick Mahomes' body of work in his young career and, and how he has played being an underdog, it is very tough to bet against him. Um, and in fact, I made that mistake last year uh, by wagering on the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's why I lost the, the, the bet to begin with. However, I feel there is something different about this year. I feel that youth will be served in the form of Brock Purdy. So I feel comfortable saying that my pick is the San Francisco 49ers minus one and a half in the Super Bowl. Lock it in, Brian. I appreciate no. Um, no. You're, you're no. doing no. this for no. me. What? What? No. We are not locking this in. You just said I got the pick. You just said I'm giving you the pick. I am champion, Ron. And I get to make that call. You, I am you, the champion. You made the call. I decide. I don't care who you want. I'm taking the 49ers minus one and a half. If you want the Chiefs, you can have them. Patrick Mahomes, he's over. He's done tired. Travis Kelsey, oh, I hope he tears an ACL during this game. And truth be told, I'm going to tell you something. I'm tired of all the Kansas City Chiefs and Taylor Swift coverage today on February 11th. We are going to see the San Francisco 49ers rise like the Phoenix, and they are going to keep this championship belt in West New York, New Jersey. The 49ers will be the champion, and so will I. So you just you just lied. You lied, and you said that you're giving me that pick. And now, because oh, you know, the I am the I premier prognosticator, I'm a better picker than you, you steal that away from me. You son of a bitch. You know what? Only time will tell. And tonight when I go to sleep, I'm going to have this belt wrapped up around my waist, my woman in my arm, and I'm going to bet the champion. Joe brings up a good point. Your comment about Travis Kelty's ACL. <laughs> Bad karma for an accident-prone person to be saying. Jesus Christ! I mean, I've already torn my ACL in my sleep, so like, Jesus! I mean, what? what and at the very least, worse, if he, if what worse you have to, to me? I know some of the wagers you've made. You need Travis to get at least seven receptions and seventy-plus receiving yards and a touchdown. So you better hope if it happens, it happens after he hits those. Listen, listen. When I'm getting an odds boost from DraftKings, I'm taking that bet. You know, the house always wins. So the only way that you can kind of even those odds. Or to take any advantage you, you can get. When DraftKings offer me an odds boost, I'm taking it. Even if I Darn. don't think it's going to happen. Um, another uh, another pool that people always keep up on is our death pool, Brian. And there was, Ooh, there was motion this run. week. There was a ton of motion. Um, well, first I should say we had one passing, um, which did not uh, – no one had picked. Um, you know, it's – people – I guess – Maybe this individual didn't quite qualify as a celebrity in some people's mind, but he qualified as a hero in our mind, Brian. And that is uh, 9-11 firefighter Bob Beckwith, uh, who posted uh, he was in the famous uh, photo with uh, President Bush the day after 9-11, um, standing uh, with him on the rubble, as uh, George Bush said, you know what, I finally have a reason to go blow up. 
um, brown people. And so he was very excited about that. Um, he was uh, a man who, uh, along with a lot of uh, first responders, had to fight for coverage for first responders for the various illnesses um, that they suffered for their time working at Ground Zero. Um, he passed away um, of Ground Zero related cancer at the age of 91. Uh, it was a melanoma that had spread to his lungs and brains um, after a years long battle. Do you, has there been any talk that that cancer is related to the 9-11 um, fumes that he was bringing? Oh yeah, ever it's uh, it was already uh, it was already determined that it was from the you know him working at Ground Zero. Mm. I just um, that's sad. That's absolutely sad that this guy was used for propaganda purposes, and then the government wanted to turn their back and let him die. Fuck it. That's I terrible. mean it is. You know what? It just it reminds you of just how great what um, you know the efforts that you know. And I'm not trying to blow smoke, and I'm not trying to take. Um, uh, political sides, but um, the level and degree that John Stewart um, mm-hmm. TV personality has gone through to stand up for the cause of the people that um, worked down at 9-11 at the Trade Center site, cleaning up that debris, breathing in those toxic fumes, um, ensuring that those first responders were going to be taken care of. The number of pieces of legislation that the Republican Party has shunned that would directly ease um, the lives of those people, that um, the number of times John Stewart has gone down to Washington to shame the Republicans into supporting legislation to provide government money to help those people that ran to lower Manhattan to help, you know, the cause, um, out, you know, on 912, on 913, you know, it's, in that, you know, uh, Republican mind, 9-11 happened. Then afterwards, let's forget about it. We can move on to Iraq and start killing people, like you said. Um, but John Stewart has, you know, stepped up for the firemen uh, in New York and in the tri-state area, the police officers, the Port Authority officers. Fuck the Port Authority officers who gave me the ticket last week. That's, you know, <laughs> not all of them, just that one dude. Just that guy. Um who was just doing his job. He was just doing his job. So <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm like, oh, anchor, tell me, bro. But um, give, give, John Stewart gets a lot of credit in my mind. Yeah. And thankfully, they finally have um, health care guaranteed in perpetuity. Uh, but yeah, the fact that they had to fight as long and as hard as they did yeah. um, kind of yeah. disgraced. I mean, I will tell you something. Uh, I think we've talked about this uh, in, in various ways. Like you and I would not have been on that pile. Like no, we're not, we're not no. built for that. We're not we're not oh built for that kind of self-sacrifice. I would have sprained an ankle just climbing to the top of that pile. Like <laughs> I I would have approached the pile and as I started to navigate the different levels of debris, I would have sprained an ankle and hurt myself. So I have no business going up there. But that's not the only death that took place. It was there there were others, Ron. There were others passing away earlier this week. Uh country music superstar Toby Keith passing away at the age of 62 um, after a three-year battle with stomach cancer. Um, this uh, We had two people in the death pool that had picked Toby Keith. Uh, Susan B. and Bob L. Uh, jumped into first place earlier this week uh, with these 38 points. Um, here's a guy who also uh, fought for first responders, uh, really wrapped himself in his flag after 9-11, uh, did a bunch of uh, patriotic tunes. Uh, but of course, his legendary Red Solo Cup, um, I know is uh, it was your ringtone 
for a number of years, if no, I remember. No, 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 no. Don't you dare <laughs> fucking lie. That was one of your go-to karaoke songs, which You're I'm going to tell you something. I had never heard of Red Solo Cup until we did karaoke, I believe, um, the day that you and Mrs. Ron came to the city and we went up to the top of the uh, New World Trade Center. Then right. we went to karaoke. And I believe you did, um, uh, you chose Red Solo Cup. And I was shocked that there was a song that was so generic, so um, <laughs> uh, unartistic. It sounded like one of those generic songs that you can, you know, record on your own, um, you know, at the mall. Um, and then suddenly um, you did it again this past summer um, when we did uh, after a Yankee game. I think the four of us went, uh, you, me and the missus. Um, and it, it is it is it is an incredibly terrible song. Red Solo Cup, mm, 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 mm. you fill me I'll up. Me mm. up. Let's have a party. Let's have terrible, party. terrible song. But he also he also uh, wrote several just you know generic patriotic songs to kind of wrap himself in like this air of like if you don't love America, then you better not like this song because this song's about America. Fuck Toby Keith. Um, but literally, I mean, we could get distracted right now talking about Toby Keith, but the real, real news on the celebrity death front is, Ron, and I think you deserve some credit right now. Do you want to take Thank it? You. I'll take it. Uh, passing away uh, at the age of 50, uh, BBC celebrity Johnny Irwin, um, who many people... Uh, when they found out he passed, said, who? I don't know who that is. Uh, he uh, he hosted property shows, Escape to the Country, and A Place in the Sun, going back to the early 2000s. Um, so a TV celebrity, if you will, over in the UK. Um, he was uh, diagnosed with cancer uh, back in 2020, uh, revealed it to the general public back in 2022 uh, after it had spread and it had become terminal. Uh, he had stage four cancer, uh, lived uh, well beyond the uh, initial diagnosis. I had him on my 2023 death pool, uh, obviously did not cash on him then, carried him over uh, into this year. Oh, you saw, uh, saw Johnny Irwin at the York County Fair. Interesting. Yeah. Would not have expect Central PA to warm up to Johnny Irwin, but kudos. Um, and so 50 points uh, from Mr. Irwin's passing catapults me into first place in the Ron and Brian death pool. As Brian has so often pointed out, um, I had no points last year. It had been 452 days since I scored a yeah. point, but I have come back with a vengeance. I am in first place, and I do not plan on relinquishing that. Just as when the Chiefs win Super Bowl 53 today, um, I will not relinquish that title belt after that. Listen, Ron, I know you're all, I know you want to just sit there and talk about how great the Chiefs are. We know you wanted the 49ers. I have them. You want to pivot and now say that you like the Chiefs. That's fine. But deep down inside, I think we all know that you are sitting there watching the Super Bowl later tonight, 
counting the number of times that Taylor Swift is going to be shown on the TV because to you and to Mrs. Rum, this is the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Is she going to be on the field pre-game? Is she going to be seen in a suite how many times? Are you and Mrs. Ron going to be doing a shot every time she's shown on TV? I know you guys were talking about it, but I'm going to tell you something, Ron. A lot of America is tired of Taylor Swift talk right now. You are not wrong. I think uh, I've somehow on TikTok, I've gotten onto the side of TikTok that just uh, just can't stand Taylor Swift. I also find uh, people making fun of her carbon footprint uh, kind of funny, uh, you know, Taylor Swift going to the store for market and it's a clip from you oh, know, a, a fighter jet. It's a military jet. It's a military jet taking <laughs> off. Oh, there was one I saw of Taylor Swift going to the other side of her house to pick up the phone and it was a space shuttle going off. <laughs> I, I mean, this I past week one. she announced what? Which one? I uh, know. I, I think the one it was, it was just, just, just horribly tasteless. It was uh, Taylor when the remote's on the other side of the bed, and it was the second plane about to go into the Trade Center. <laughs> so wrong. That's so terrible. very wrong. That's terrible. That's terrible. Um, uh, I think we. Uh, I think this has been a great episode. At, episode two ninety one. Episode two ninety one. Ron, we survived another one. It's three oh nine. The big game is in three and a half hours. Three hours and twenty one minutes to be exact. Um, are you getting nervous? I don't get nervous, Brian. All I do is win. Okay. All right, sir. Well, let's see. There's there's a big game coming up. Uh, a lot at stake. How many? No, we'll talk about that after after dark. All right. By good. the way, let's oh. talk after dark. Listen, people. Um, we've been talking about it for 290 episodes. This will be the 291st. Ron and I have pledged that if you have an internet connection every week, you will get one hour, a minimum of one hour of free content from us. We will, regardless of the state of the world, as long as there is breath in Ron and as long as there is a heart beating in Brian, we are going to do an hour of free entertainment. Boom. That is why we do this show. However, we are going to say this. It was how many years did we sit there and do the show where people kept reaching out to us saying, how can we help you? How can we support you? I'm supporting other causes. Right. It was at least 28, maybe 29 years that we were doing the show. And people were like, how can we help? And Ron and I were like, no, 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 no. This isn't about how you can help us. This is how we can help you. However, you know, I'm not going to lie. We have been under this crushing boot of Biden economics. And it has its, I'm not proud to admit this, but it has had its effect. The cost of running a podcast, a YouTube show has skyrocketed. Under the 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 communist, you know, stranglehold of the current administration to the point now where Ron and I a couple of years ago sat there and said, you know what? People want to help. We, right. don't, we don't need them to help. We're, we're happy to take a loss on the show. We'll we'll go out of pocket. You know, that's right. why the business know, model wasn't sustainable, but we were going to do it for the people. 
we, we would take the loss it, we, right. so that people could watch the show. But you know what? We sat there and said, let's figure out a way that others can help if they so choose. Some people have some disposable income and they want to help. And they say, listen, we appreciate the efforts you do. We want to help. We created a Patreon. Well, we didn't create the Patreon. We created a page on Patreon.com. If you go to Ron and Brian Podcast right now, you see this this banner rolling down there. Go to RonandBrianPodcast.com. Click the link in the upper right-hand corner that says Become a Patreon. Something like that? Become a patron. Close. Yeah. Click that link, follow through, sign up. For as little as $5 a month, you are helping offset the costs that Ron and I have been going out of pocket for for years to keep this show running, to keep this show free for the masses. People in Indonesia are not signing up for the for the Patreon. People in Malaysia are not signing up for the podcast. People in Ukraine not signing up for the podcast. The truth is, people in the developed first world with money to burn are like, we're doing the podcast. We're going to do the Patreon. So $5 gets you an audio file once a week, extra bonus content, uh, a minimum of a half an hour of stuff that does not meet, how do I say this? I don't want to say the critics at YouTube and Facebook. I'm just going to say the censors, the censors on these sites. They don't like the stories that we talk on the Patreon. After dark is what we call it. $10 a month, you get a link every week. You get to watch live as we talk about it. You see the people in the comment section right now? They get the links. They're they watching live. They get They it. know. They're involved. Um, but there are other additional links. There's a there's a silver level. There's a titanium level. There's a diamond level of support. You choose the level that you want to support. Ron and I appreciate it. It helps offset some of the costs, and it helps us give back even further. All right. Uh, as always, no one promos the Patreon as well as Brian. And so we hope to see many of you on After Dark. Uh, but... I wish you, you know, even though you 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 gave the bet and then took it away, I still wish you luck um, in this evening's Super Bowl. I mean, I'll I just champion. want there to be a. I want it to be a fun game. That's all I care about. I That's what I care about. Have a good time. Just want both. And then I I want to be champion at the end of the game. All right. Fair enough. Well, we will find out very shortly. Uh, next week will be our first episode post Super Bowl. So you will see which one of us has the title belt. Um, anything else before we wrap up, Brian? I love you and um, look forward to doing this podcast with you a week from today. All right. Love you too, my friend. Thank you all for joining us. After Dark, folks, we'll see you in a few. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.